Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. And you're very welcome back to the Hawkeye Psychic Hurling Podcast with your host Mark Kennedy, joined again this week by Karen Collins and Rory Walsh. Lads, how are things? Good, Mark. Great, Mark. Thank you. Great stuff. Good to have you back, Rory. I suppose this week, guys, let's have a, maybe a review of the National Alliance Hurling League, 1A, 1B and 2A, round two in the books. We'll also look at the Ashburn Cup final. I know we touched upon it last year. University of Limerick emerging victorious. We'll also look at Vic- Fitzgibbon Cup semi-finals played during the week and also the school's uh, the All-Iron quarterfinals around this weekend. I suppose first off, maybe we can talk here, Rory, about the Ashburn Cup final. You were at it. Uh, I know you have association with the University of Limerick Camogie team, and they certainly pulled out a magnificent second-half performance to beat TUD um, on Sunday, I suppose. Get your thoughts? Yeah. Um, first of all, the venue, the Connacht Dome, was you know, a fitting venue. It was my first time up there. It's pretty spectacular, uh, especially this time of year. Um with the way the weather has been and just being able to play on, on a perfect surface um so yeah it was that was the f- first thing i noticed about it um you well started off first half i think they were up eight nine points early in the game and then tud had their best spell really came back at them um in the second quarter and it was only a point in their half time and similar to the first half you well again set, set to tone uh, blistering started the second half with a number of goals Maria o'brien in this spell uh, she's a waterford senior chipped in with two one during this uh, purple patch and uh, at this stage like they weren't going to give up that lead again and held on and in the end won by 13 14 points to finish so uh, like you know thoroughly deserved champions and uh, it was great to see happen after last year's uh, fiasco with the score difference and i thought it was quite fitting at the end that uh, hilda breslin's last act as camogie president is to hand the ashburn cup to ul especially after everything that happened last year with the camogie association and so on no absolutely um no Imer McGrath as well uh Rory two goals yeah. three points I mean magnificent effort as well Imer McGrath brilliant uh Casey Hennessy all over the field as well um Alva Larkin midfield as well like uh, they, they we were talking before about um spread of players like UL have uh Sarah Shanahan from Offaly uh they had uh um players from like Waterford two or three Waterford seniors Tipperary Clare uh Anya Keane from Galway centre back um just a real spread uh so, yeah, they're kind of fortunate. Even the substitutes they brought on, Lorna McNamara and Quiva Lyons are both senior into county forwards, starting forwards. So to be able to bring them in off the bench, um, you know, really give them a boost near the end. And a kind of a, where, where in the first half, they kind of had that lag coming up to, let's say, uh, second half of the first half. That wasn't going to happen in the second half because they had this power coming in off the bench. And it's something uh, I know the management, um, Declan Nash and Dini Ferncombe, Derve League and have spoken about um, just having that, you know, the luxury of having a really strong bench. Um, and it does, in a situation where you're playing a semi-final on a Saturday and a final on a Sunday, it does really count. Um, and I know the UCC game was very tight in the semi-final and uh, in a way, extra time would have made a huge difference there with only a 24-hour recovery. So you well got the last two points in injury time in that game to, you know, just get through in it. Um, so yeah, as you said, Emer McGrath, a serious free-taker, um, you know, uh, one of the f- famous McGrath family, John and Noel being her brothers. Um, so a lot of these girls, I think maybe 10 of them were there last year uh, from the starting team. About 10 of them were there last year and would have maybe had that heart driving them on. I know 
and management's book about kind of parking last year to one side and and that is the right thing to do just focus this is a new, new year you had new players in in first year you can't be kind of harping back onto what happened but um i'm sure it just made it extra special though for for them at the end when they won it absolutely rory and i suppose for yourself as well being involved with them last year i mean must have been great scenes uh, afterwards uh, and final whistle so look heartiest congratulations to university of limerick camogie team that's an outstanding victory and uh, look we'll touch upon the fitzgibbon cup as well because university of limerick will be in that final but we'll touch upon that later i suppose uh kieran might come to you i mean next on the agenda is round twos in the books in the alliance hurling league 1a 1b 2a i suppose we'll start with 1a first and uh I won't start with Cork Kenny first. I'll start with Wexford Offaly game down in Chadwick's Park. I mean, the conditions are horrific, but there was plenty of subplots during this game. Kieran, I suppose 13-man Wexford managed to salvage a draw. I suppose, get your thoughts. I suppose maybe it's a game that people might have predicted Wexford for a bigger win, you know, um, coming into the league. And I suppose it's maybe a, a game that they might have seen as an easy two points, but I think Offaly shown that, you know, that, that wasn't the case. You know, they, I think they really started so strong. And I, I suppose the time, especially in that first half, I think they bullied Wexford all over the field. But their biggest letdown maybe might have been shot selection and, you know, some poor wides, and especially from Freeze. But, you know, credit to, I suppose, to Dignan. He's not their number one free taker, Owen Cahill is, and he's out injured. So, you know, I suppose that's a, been a huge factor. But, you know, really impressed with, with Offaly. And, you know, they're they're like a team that they have a lot of, they're physically, they're, they're there. You know, they have a lot of work done. And um, I suppose it's great to see, as for them getting, uh, I'm sure that after, you know, looking back, they're probably regrets and, you know, that they, they had the two points in their grasp. But, you know, I think for them, it's a satisfying evening that they they can mix it with, a, you know, a, a, a top tier team or a Lee McCarthy team. Um, it just shows, I suppose, they're not that far away. Um, you know, there's, we know we've been well documented over the last couple of years. The, the work has been done and Michael Dygan and, you know, and so on and Shane Lowry backing them as well. And, I think they're starting to see some fruits of that work now with um the that old grey hundred twenty team that we've seen last year and the you know the minor they were all minor the year before. They haven't really been started, you know, just was Charlie Mitchell aside. You know, Adam Screeny obviously started as well, but you know, there you know, there's still a few a few more of them to come into that mix as well. So um look, I suppose it's it's all pointed in the right direction for them. You know, I suppose they're really impressed with just their work rate. You know their intensity and i suppose it's, it's like a game that they, they kind of set out to, to target you know it was chalk and cheese to the their performance against waterford week before when you see them in the first half sending off puck outs not contesting you know it was a different a different attitude uh last saturday night horrendous conditions um i suppose from west point of view you know like really didn't hurt well in that first half don't think they were let hurt well you know they, they, they weren't given their own way but I suppose credit to them um, I suppose battling back to go three points up, you know, I suppose in late editions that second half. Um, I suppose we've all seen the, the red cards for Jack O'Connor. It's been, you know, all the clips on Twitter and that during the week, and that's part of it. Um, you know, and then I suppose Charlie McGuckin later on getting the card, but uh, I suppose you'd have to credit them to not throw the towel in. Uh, kept fighting, you know, a late Seamus Casey point uh, and probably a chance at the end to win it as well Simon Dunne who put it wide and you know, if you really look at the replay, uh, Cahill Dunbar was inside on his own in space but, you know, look, it's you're not going to criticise uh, he got he got the ball where he was and he had a go so, um, 
look, I suppose for both teams, they probably, I suppose, awfully, I imagine, would have regrets. But I think for, for Wexford, look, it, it definitely a different performance on the previous week's uh, games they played. But I suppose the the fight was still there and and they kept it going till the, till the final whistle. Yeah, get you in there, Rory. I suppose myself and Karen on last week, I think we were kind of looking to see the likes of the screenies come in. But I mean, must be a very pleasing performance here for Johnny Kelly. It's something that they can build on for the rest of the season. Yeah, and to be honest, the Leinster Championship does need an awfully, you know, coming back getting strong again because it had been coming, you know, three out of four teams for the last few years. Um, so it, it is, there's good promising signs there. All say, all say, it is early in the year. And, um, you know, when the pitches get hard or whatever, it'll probably tell us a bit more about where Offaly really are. Um, but yeah, interesting, Wexford had 10 different scorers the last day, you know, and maybe in the past few years, or maybe a bit of an over-reliance on Lee Chin and Rory O'Connor, but it's good to see, uh, you know, a good spread of scores there. I wonder, will Keith Rossiter be slightly worried, like with, let's say, big performance against Kilkenny and not to, you know, be little off in any way, but let's say they were a team that was in Christy Ring final last year, that maybe a performance dropped slightly, a bit like last year, Leinster Championship, where beating Kilkenny one week and then we had the defeat with Westmead. Is there a bit of an up and down thing, or maybe I, I'm just misjudging the performance of Offaly here and not being fair to them? Because it is something maybe there's a, a level of consist- consistency that Wexford maybe need to find between now and Leinster Championship. Um, yeah, because as we said, you know, they seem to be well able to perform when it's Kilkenny. Maybe uh, hypnotized, hypnotized that they're playing Kilkenny every week and get that best out of them. But um, yeah, no, it, it maybe it's something for Wexford on the horizon. Awfully, again, as I said, yeah, they've started the league quite, quite well, like going down to Wexford Park and, and, you know, putting Wexford to the pin of their collar. And even before the uh, first red card or like the well in the game and i know that obviously the two red cards were going to be an impact at, uh, over the 70 minutes but even before that they were they were well in the game and uh leading for for large chunks of it before the red card so um yeah as we said it's still though it's hard to see like they're going to be playing cork now who are fighting for their lives um and it could come down to Clare might need a win last game as well depending on how the wexford game goes for Clare. um in the meantime and um, so it, it it could still be tough for Offaly to stay up there. And it's hard to see, especially with, with three teams going down. They have two defeats now. Well, two teams definitely going down and, and the third team in the playoff. So, uh, yeah, it, it it is looking like they might slip back down, but at least they're showing a bit of fight and they're showing a bit of competitiveness. Yeah, certainly, uh, Rory. I mean, that opening half for Offaly, I thought was very impressive. Something that John Milan on commentary on radio was very quick to praise. I mean... The 14 wide stuff for Offaly were kind of a killer for him. I think the shot selection he said, Kieran, I think it was a little bit way off. But I mean, all credit to Wexford. I think the resilience, particularly when they were down to 13 players, other teams may have thrown in the towel on a wet horrendous night in Chadwick's Park, but they didn't. So I mean, lift the fight another day. I suppose. Guys, I think as well, Mark, just one point, just yeah. as, as Rory was making there on the performance. I suppose this time of year is so hard to know. Like it's been a long couple of weeks on the road between Walsh Cup. Then you have the distraction of it's given for a certain amount of players as well. And I suppose look, a lot of teams are getting in heavy training loads as well. So I think a lot of teams will look forward to a week's break this week. Um, you know, it's been a long couple of weeks on heavy ground as well. So, yeah. um, you know, I suppose it'll remain to see whether it was a, an attitude or a, a mental block that, you know, led to that poor performance in the first half, especially. But I suppose, you know, it, it has been a tough few weeks as well. And, you know, there's a, a lot of work ongoing and, 
you know, the heavy ground and if it's given all combined, it's it's a it's a huge workload on certain players. Absolutely, completely agree with you, Karen. A well overdue uh, week off for the intercounty hurlers. I suppose, guys, the televised game on RTE on Saturday night saw Cork play Kilkenny in Super Value Park in Kiev. No, Karen, we touched upon this last week in terms of the collapses, particularly third quarter, but this happened in the opening half uh, this week or last week, uh, Karen. I suppose. Uh, Pat Ryan's kind of deflecting any relegation concerns, kind of saying he's going to kind of play his hand in terms of the panel. But again, this opening half performance for Cork is not going to get it done when it comes to championship time. Yeah, we talked about the the comparisons you could make to Cork last year, and I suppose the the same things remain. Like the like obviously last week, you know, third quarter against Clare, just not in it. Uh, from the off, they weren't in it, you know. Um, the two points scored in the first 20 minutes, you know, and at that stage it was 10 2 to Kilkenny. Um, I'm not sure was it Kilkenny were good, but did, did Cork make them look better than what they were? You know, uh, Cork literally did not lay a glove on them in that period. Um, they did finish the half strong, I suppose, with you know, scoring one three to supposed to get them back into it. You know, I suppose Cork at times guilty of, I suppose, wasteful shooting and I suppose a lot of bad decision making as well. Um, but it's such a hard to put your finger on it, like what, how they can go from being that out of the game to, you know, I suppose they're getting their purple patch and, and, and getting them back into it. But, um, and I suppose look at the end, they had chances to probably go and win the game, only for uh, you know, a late um, John Donnelly point. You know, I suppose last week we questioned, you know, does Horgan need to be playing this time of year? The Connerly hand, we, we all know what he can do. Um, Kingston, the same. I know, like, is it time to, Put some faith and trust in younger guys. Like the, these guys have no fear. There's no baggage with them. You know, I I feel as well like if Harnley was fit, would he be playing as well? You know, I think Sean Toomey, you know, really really impressive. And and you know, I think he's there to say like Kieran Joyce as well. Like he's he's just grown into that number six role, and he's you know really really impressive, really strong. Look, Mark, Mark Holman getting back on the field as well is great after being out all last year. I suppose the one concern is Robbie O'Flynn, that hamstring injury again, and I suppose the news during the week was it's it's not good. Um, you know he's having a hard uh, a hard run of it, and he was a player showing such good promise there, you know, in early last year. Um, you know, Cork, I, you know, you can Pat Ryan can play down relegation on his lights. You know, they're zero from two. Um, okay, they've awfully to play in that and 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 a way through to extra, but you know, they're I suppose the fate is in their hands still, you know, win your last three games, but the pressure has to be on. Um, you know, I know the, the league isn't the be on end all, but it's, you know, for maybe not thinking of next year yet, but it's when it comes to next year and that competitive games and, and uh, you know, all this, we you know how in the reds they are regarding Super Value Park and Creed Park and, you know, the, the game receipts will not be the same if they're playing in 1B, that it will be 1A, the, 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 the traction isn't there, so... It's just still huge question marks over Cork. I think even their puckouts, you know, they're overlined to the sharp puckout. And I'm willing to play it, uh, even when the opposition are pushed up on them. Um, it seems to get sort of an all-sorts trouble. Uh, some of the, the distribution and delivery of Patrick Collins is probably questionable. You know, will will they give Brian Saunderson a go in goals? Um, you know, there's still the same question marks and the same things we talked about Cork last year. We're still talking about them. That's a bit of a worry, Rory, isn't it, for Cork? I mean, Pat Ryan's second year in charge. You'd feel there would be an evolution here in terms of game plan, but certainly hasn't happened. Yeah, and um, 
it's definitely worrying. I think if you're a Cork fan, you want to see progress and see that there's, you know, another step on the line after last year's Munster Championship. And let's remember they weren't far away in Munster last year, and um, there was definitely an improvement in the previous year. But it's just the style of play. I think, as Kieran was saying, was a bit baffling at times. They were over and back across the pitch in the first half. There was no real bite or directness to what they were doing and uh, kind of played into Kilkenny's hands a bit. And second half, when they kind of did launch a ball a bit quicker, did you could see Pat Horgan was winning freeze inside. Kilkenny for backline were in a bit of trouble with quick ball. But um, you just wonder, like, whatever about players being trialed in and out, um, it's the style of play really should be, the players should be slotting in to, to the style the county want to play. And, yeah, there was a, a bit of, like, crossfield ball, a bit too much crossfield ball in it. Uh, I think it was a few years ago, Father Harry Bowen, the parish priest in Six Mile Bridge, was asked by a Cork band, Father, what is up with Cork? Like, And he said, well, I wouldn't be too much into the modern hurling, but most teams play the ball down the field. Cork played the ball across the field. <laughs> I thought of that comment when I was watching them the other night. Um, but uh, as Kieran said, like there is still, like Sean Toomey performed, well, Tommy O'Connell midfield, I thought was very good. Uh, when uh, What I liked about him was when Kilkenny were well on top, he was the one Corkman that was taking the battle to them. And uh, just with Mark Coleman coming back, I think that could be very interesting if, if they both are a midfield pairing, like Tommy Connell and Mark Coleman are midfielder that would get forward and score. Um, but look, forward line worries me a bit with Cork. Like, the, uh, where is Ben Cunningham and uh, Dermot Healy and these lads from the other 20s that showed so much promise last year? If anything, I thought they'd be blooded in now during the league. Maybe that's the plan over the last three games. But kind of going back to the, I wouldn't even say tried and trusted, but guys that have been blown hot and cold. We mentioned that in, in the first week of the podcast. And it just, I think if you were a Cork fan that's over the last 10 years watching some of these forwards and losing faith in them and just seeing them go back to them again, when there is younger talents coming through, um, you know, it, it's just a small bit baffling. Kilkenny as well, like where I think everybody focused on, on how poor Cork, Cork were, but Kilkenny, um, after having such a good start, like they went completely out of the game and take Adrian Mullen out of their team. Scored five points from play and, you know, take him out and they were they were in big trouble as well. And again, I know, look, uh, and Kieran alluded to as well, we don't know where teams are at in terms of what kind of uh, a week's training was put on board. Um, the, a lot of teams are looking further down the line. But I suppose the, the fact that Kenny looked so sharp and early on and worked the ball so well when Cork gave them space, like there was two or three scores that Kenny got where Cork didn't lay a glove on them. I don't think it was a Cork man within five metres of the Kenny player. And it was only in the second half when, or near the end of the first half, when, when Cork started to close that space, that some of the Kilkenny lads looked, their touch did look a bit off under pressure. Um, striking looked a bit off in one or, for one or two players. And it's just it's still one thing, one question mark I have with Kilkenny, like they've gone for big physical athletes uh, in their team. And it's, it's a surprising thing to say, but some of them, I still think some of their hurling and certain players, um, especially in the backs, their striking can be a bit erratic and not as crisp enough as you see from Limerick and, and and you know that's probably where the difference is at the minute. It's a good job you referred to Adrian Mullen there it seems to be Adrian Mullen that's a fully fit player and Kieran coming in with five points obviously on Cody had a point to prove after Fitzgibbon Cup quarterfinal he chipped in with a few scores John Donnelly as well starting the year strong so I mean for Derek Ling here I think an awful lot of positives here in terms of those three players. Absolutely yeah but there the same three players that you'll be mentioning last year at Glenmark, you know what I mean? So I suppose Billy Drelling came on as well. You know, he got three uh, points, yeah. two from freeze. And I suppose, look, the, the main thing is he's contributing every day he comes on. Still probably has a bit to prove in open play. Uh, 
thought we might see a little bit more of him this year. You know, I'm talking he might get a, a start, especially with TJ not playing. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of promise maybe last year with him when he came on the scene. But look, yeah, Kilkenny or Kilkenny, you, you know what you get with him. And uh, as Rory said, they didn't go out of that game in the second half and Cork did boss it. And I suppose in the end, Kilkenny were lucky to scrape the win. And I suppose Cork would feel that the, the game was there for them. I suppose we quickly go to Walsh Park. It was the homecoming for Waterford. I mean, this, uh, Walsh Park looked magnificent on the telly. Uh, but uh, Rory, Claire, uh, Gay crashed the party. And I mean, the panel players again, impressing Brian Lohan as a few headaches here in terms of selection going into the bye week. Yeah, and look, it's good to see a bit of depth there um, because, like, you're looking at, at like, it, he apart from bringing on Shane Meehan, he rested all the other lads still in Fitzgibbon, which I think was an important thing to do. Um, you know, uh, Kieran Lewis had heavy pitches this time of year and just the risk of injury and all that that goes with it. But uh, again, look, Aidan McCarthy kind of became a bit of a forgotten man because he... Uh, Started the Munster Championship in blistering form last year. Picked up a knock that kind of like sidelined him for the rest of the championship. Um, so it'd be great to see him come back in and contribute as well. Um, so yeah, from a Waterford point of view as well, like you could tell they were probably targeting this game, get that win at home, opening a Walsh Park. But remember Waterford missing a lot of players as well. So there was a huge element of shadow boxing, if you will, and. Uh, but I'm sure Brian Lowe will be delighted, two wins out of two, and it gives him a luxury of maybe looking at a few guys. I think it worked out well, too, with John Conlon coming back because uh, Jeremy Ryan obviously was rested uh, wing back with Mary I still going. And uh, because sometimes with, with a player, you want to have a look at them in the league and just see are his uh, fitness levels and match sharpness and everything, match sharpness up where they should be from, from last year and previous years. Um, as we know, like he had a busy year this year with Clanlara, and he has a lot of a lot of miles on the clock. So I think getting to see John Conlon in action was probably a plus for for Lohan because I'm sure maybe the intention to start was to give him most of the league off. But I I, I think playing him probably was the right thing to do. Um, yeah. So uh, another player who looked in real form is Ian Galvin inside in the first half. Looked really sharp. A surprise he was taken off as early as he was the second half. Again, don't know what the plan is there, but. Um, uh, yeah, he definitely calls the Waterford backs huge problems inside. And saying that from a Waterford point of view, um, Sean Mulch there for the goal, Conor Cleary has turned really easily. And there was a question of steps or whatever, but still, uh, Tyler took the goal very well, Sean Mulch, for a lad, you know, making his debut on, on an established kind of full back. But um, that was kind of the one maybe worrying thing from Clare's full back line did look a bit exposed at the time. But uh, again, very early in the year, and uh, two wins out of two, Lohan will be delighted. Clare fairly dominant in that second and third quarter here, Kieran. And I mean, 10 different scores for Clare. I mean, like I said, Rin, Ian Galvin, as uh, Rory has said. Guys are really putting up the hand here for selection, going in deep into the Hurling League. And that's all you really need want if you're Brian Lohan and the senior management. I was really impressed with Sean Rin. Um, thought he went through an awful lot of work around the middle there. And, you know, a big guy, tough guy for a young guy. And you know, I think there'll be, there's, uh, we're going to see a lot more of him as the years go on. Player, I suppose they are finding, you know, they are finding players. I like McInerney as well, Rory. It's uh, centre back last week. Um, you know, I suppose you're 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 adding or looking at viable options if you know the likes of Conlon is injured, and I suppose if we saw that, you know, in years gone by, where Conlon was at that semi final against Kenny, where you know before the game he went down, and I suppose that was a big factor for him. But you know, there seems to be a lot more in reserves, and I suppose getting the game time into him now in the league and. I suppose, look, it's important for him and 
you know, I suppose another Achilles heel might, for over the years might have been free-taking and, you know, to have two good free-takers in, in Rodgers and, and uh, Aidan McCarthy as well to rely on. It's uh, very important in today's game. Uh, I suppose for Waterford then, look, a lot of guys injured. Uh, Sean Walsh, I thought he was impressive, even, aside from the goal in open play. Uh, Stephen Bennett going off injured, you know, we, we, I suppose we've read in the last couple of weeks, he's uh, he's uh, problems with his hips and that. And, you know, I suppose the talk is that he's kind of patching himself together and hoping to get a, a lighter workload and hoping to get through the year. So hopefully it's not too serious for him. Shane Meehan still has to light up for Clare Roy, doesn't he? Like he's he's never come in and scored more than one or two points. Um, you know, I suppose you've been talking about it the last year or two, but he's yet to impress me for Clare. I know he's been he was impressive for Mary Eye last night, but from, from in the Clare jersey, uh, so far, like he's he's a little bit um a little bit to go. Do you think? No. Yeah, and do you know what? We actually had this debate there just the other day with a couple of lads, and I just said he hasn't really been given a chance to start the game for Clare. It's kind of coming off the bench, 15 minutes to go in games. I presume Lohan sees his energy coming in as, you know, as, as a big plus. I'd love to see him in with Rodgers because I think they're they're very different players. Like uh, Meehan is, is kind of all action and likes to get on the loop of, let's say, uh, centre forward, kind of likes to go out deep around on the loop and score by that way, whereas Rodgers is more a target man inside. Mm-hmm. They're, I think they complement each other well, and uh, they did play minor together. Now that was under 17s a good bit ago, and they were they were an excellent full forward line then. I know it's a two years on now, but yeah, I just feel that he hasn't really been given. I'd love to see him start a couple of league games and just uh, from from now on, and just maybe give him a, a chance to show what he can do from the start. Um, but yeah, we've no, seen it. We've we, seen it with Lowen, like we've seen it with Lowen, like we like the player like Aaron Shanahan. Um, you could even say David Reedy as well. Like you, you know, even look over the last two years, you see Reedy in the league, and okay, he, he doesn't really get a chance to start. But when you when you do see him play, he, he's impressed at different stages, and um, you wonder does kind of low and have his select few that I suppose he trusts and relies on, and maybe that's why they're not getting you know getting start games. But I suppose it's just you know he's he's a player now. He's probably what his third year in the panel, and you'd expect him to start making a a stake in it at this stage. Yeah, and it was two years ago, actually, when he first came on. I think it was against Limerick and Ennis and got a couple of lovely scores and we were expecting huge things from him last year. Now, he has been slightly plagued with injuries, like niggly injuries as well, nothing major, but but still, uh, like this year, he's kind of getting a clear run this year now um, in true college or then and in true early part of the league. So I think this year he really needs to step up and when he does get his chance, like re- really nail it down. And uh, from a clear point of view, like let's say, Tony Kelly is coming off a serious operation. We don't know. Um, fingers crossed everything will be well, but you, you just don't know if there'll be any delays or anything like that. So you're uh, going through the league without him is a good thing and that other lads have to step up. And one of those guys you'd imagine um, would be Shane Meehan would have to come into reckoning if Kelly is to miss a, a round or two of the Munster Championship. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, Clare with 10 different scores on the day. Waterford won eight from play. I know they had an awful lot of injuries, but I think that might be a huge sense of concern for David Fitzgerald and the management here as well. And I thought as well, Walsh Park, you know, opening game, 3,900 attendance. I thought that was maybe a little bit low from a Waterford perspective, given the massive redevelopment work that was going on in the grounds here, Karen. I mean, is that gauging something in terms of the Waterford public to this team? Yeah, I think so, Mark. I've I've, I've worked on Waterford a couple of days in recent times, and you know, I suppose just you know, general chit chat with guys, and uh, I suppose what they've seen, and and I suppose 
based on last year and maybe just the current management and the style of play, it's, you know, I think it's kind of not turn them off it, but it's, you know, it, it might be a factor in the, the, in the low footfall, especially at the weekend, you know, against Clare, probably would be one of the games in the league for Waterford, you know, and, uh, these guys are going to face each other again in a couple of short weeks, so I'm not sure how it's been, uh, how the style of play and management are being received under. I suppose is uh, what I can get gauge at the minute. Yeah, I suppose that's for another day. Um, I suppose one big guys quickly Tipperary and Galway was probably the marquee headline game. Didn't fail to disappoint. Tipperary emerged 126 to 24 points, winners over Galway in FPT Semple Stadium. Uh, Dublin got out of jail massively in Corrigan Park, 120-119 win over Antrim. And I know last week, Karen, we'd asked Westmead to set a foundation in terms of a performance. And I think they certainly did that here, Karen, in terms of their performance against Limerick. 120-17 points, but all credit to Westmead. They were in this right up until the final whistle. Yeah, absolutely, Mark. Yeah, really, you suppose, you know, real spirit of performance. And I suppose, they, you know, they, they made, made Limerick fight for it. And... I suppose they were they were so close. They need a, a late goal for Donegal Dali really put the distance between them. A late one two for Limerick put the the distance between the two teams. And um, you know I suppose for for Joe Fortune without some of his main you know I suppose the, the names we'd associate with Westmead, Killian Doyle and Tommy Doyle not playing. I suppose uh, you know for them it'll be easier to go training again this week after that performance. You know that as a team I suppose over the last year to have taken an awful lot of heavy beating, especially this time of year. I think it'll make it a bit easier during the week to get back into, you know, into training. But uh, I suppose that performance they had against the Ireland champions. Yeah, no, I thought the work great for a minute. One from us, mate, they really did set the tone here, Karen and Rory. And I mean, the likes of Mitchell in midfield, that there was an awful lot of good incisive play in the middle third. I mean, Limerick got a, an absolute run out here in uh, Mullingar. And look, I think John Kiley was probably quick to acknowledge the Westmead performance, but also acknowledging a little bit in terms of the Limerick work rate here, a little bit to a certain degree. I suppose, Rory, looking at Tipperary Galway here, uh, Giroud O'Connor is probably the marquee headline here at 113, but I suppose what else stood out for you in that game? Yeah, 113 and five points from play as well. Uh, Yeah, it it was a strange game in that a couple of times Tipperary looked like they had the upper hand and were going to maybe pull away, and Galway hung in there, and it wasn't until uh, just the very end that late goal that kind of uh, buried Galway for a finish. But um, it like again, I wouldn't say it was a reversal of what we saw in the All Ireland quarter final either last year because uh, you know, Galway were I didn't think Galway were quite full throttle. Uh, tip at home, um, always kind of favoured to win this. And look, the thing is, uh, Cahill has to find players like we saw that last year when it when when it came to the crunch, like he he hadn't really that bench to bring in. I know uh, Billy Seymour and a few lads like that back in and. Looking at Mary Eyde, have a couple of very strong Tipperary players there, uh, Hennessy, Joe Caesar, lads. I'm sure that Cahill is just maybe waiting to give them an opportunity. So, uh, like, again, Tipperary are another team that weren't very far away. Like, had they beaten Waterford at home, they were in a Munster final last year. And I think that's what maybe derailed their season, that game against Waterford uh, last round. Up until then, like, you're looking at, uh, you know, great victory against Clare up in Ennis. Uh, draw with Limerick, the draw with Cork. Like, they had three big performances put in there. And it just that defeat kind of did derail them. So I'm sure Cahill wants to get them back on track in the league again. Another step in the right direction for them. Um, and uh, they're a team, I think, that, that will want to be in around the business end of the league. As we mentioned in the preview, just uh, 
for Tipperary, it's it's almost like building confidence for them again and uh, getting to a league final and maybe getting some silverware might be just the, the, the bounce they might need going into championship. And I think as well, Rory, the, they have the advantage of, you know, it's always highlighted the two-week break between the league final and championship. They have that extra week as well on other teams. So I think it would suit them to go and win it. But for me, I think like Jake Morris and Brian Amara went off injured by 20-minute mark and things still carried on the same, you know, it was two big players really in that Tipperary team this time of year. I think Galway played in fits and starts, like, you know, Tip got a good lead earlier on and uh, they went six points up, but Galway scored eight at the next 12 points. And again, the early second half, Tip went, you know, five points without response and I think Galway came back at them. I think for me, I thought I was very um, disappointed with Nyland. Late on in the game, he three woeful wides, or, um, you know, when the game was there to be won for them. One of them was on 21, under no pressure whatsoever, and he put a wide. I suppose I, I'm not the biggest fan of Nyland and what I've seen over the last few years uh, in open play. And, you know, if that's championship and you're, you've three great opportunities like that, you don't take them. Like, you know, it, it's not good for, um, for Shefflin. And, um, as I looked last week, I, I have been impressed with Tipperary to date. Um, the girl O'Connor, like three man of the matches in, in a week, you know, I suppose it, it shows the form that he's in. Um, Mark Kyo, three points, Connor Bow going back to, to wing back and you know he looks like rejuvenated there. Um really impressed as well with Owen Connolly there in the, in the last couple of games and Willie Connors midfield. Um, you know, but you add in Noel McGrath, Jason Ford, um, you know, Cahal Barris, you know, that they, they won't be too bad. Um I suppose this year is is how they're gonna bring that, you know, we saw this time last year they were flying in the league as well. Um, I suppose it's can they bring that into Munster this year and just if they do, like how do you pick Katri to come out of Munster if, if Tipperary and you know potentially Cork and Waterford bring you know have the levels up on last year, it's going to be rip roaring this year. And Kieran, one that uh, you mentioned there, just a player I, I thought a lot of, especially the year where Tip were really struggling. Um Marco was probably the most dangerous forward from play in the round robin two years ago. I thought last year he was going to take another step up, but he, I don't know that. Cahill, um, give you know, he, he didn't seem to get be starting every game, even here, still unsure of his place. But came in uh, for Morris, I think it was after 20 minutes, and yeah. still three points from play. It looked a real threat. And uh, even that day in the Gaelic Grounds against Limerick, where you know, Tip everyone was expecting Tip's heaviest defeat of all time, and they put up a big performance that day, um, under Bonner. And I thought Mark Keogh looked really sharp that day inside and was a real threat all through against you know, a, a very strong Limerick full back line. So, I think the, Rory, the, the problem for me with Tipperary the last couple of years is, is was consistency in that full forward mm-hmm. line. You know, you, you look at Tipperary of old and you've you've uh, Bubbles and Shamie Cannon and Lark Harp and all these guys, you know, they, they were like probably the best full forward lines in any team. But I think they struggle with consistency, especially with Jake Morris and, and possibly Mark Hewan, as well as when it comes to, and, and John McGrath as well, you know, last year on last year's form. But if they can get them three guys firing into the championship, you know, I think it'll be a different Tipperary team. I suppose from a Galway perspective, I suppose the vibe coming out of it was probably the half forward unit line really did struggle for long periods. Um, and that was something that Henry Shefflin picked up on in terms of the work rate and intensity. I suppose the third quarter fight back, Connor Whelan got into it. Connor Cooney with five points from play as well. That was some clever interplay there from him. And uh, yeah, look, overall, I think Galway will dust themselves down. But again, as you say, you know, don't think Galway. I think for key personnel, there was a bit of trial and experiment here with certain positions. But Keenan Fahey 
in the wing back position as well did provide an awful lot of upside as well I suppose guys the Corrigan Park fixture Kieran we'd kind of targeted this for Antrim and by god they were close enough and poor old Tiernan Smith I mean horrific error right at the end you don't want that to happen to anyone but such a vital stage of the game and look Dublin getting out of jail really I think we predicted a draw on this one last week but I yeah. suppose look at two teams that are struggling at the minute um obviously we know Dublin without Donald Burke and Owen O'Donnell and players like that um I really feel sorry for Antrim like Dublin scraped to win again last year in the championship up there and, and they did it again uh last weekend you know, the, the Tiernan Smith with the fumble the ball over the line, you know, really unfortunate at the time of the game as well. I was really impressed with, with Cunning again, scoring 110, you know, we know the, uh, his ability. It's like th- these two teams are struggling at the minute. Um, I hope for like the likes of Dublin that they can get Burke. I think the, I heard again during the week that there was a setback in the injury and, you know, like it, it, you know, if Dublin have to go into um, uh, championship without Burke, you, you'd fear for him really because uh, the they look as shell of the team. Obviously, see Chris Leary has stepped away as well. You know, we played midfielder from last year, ex-Cork player. While they are in a rebuild phase, you know, the, the, the personnel that are taking to the field, it's hard to see. Keno Sullivan, probably, you know, the, the shining light at the minute there for him. Maybe Brian Hayes as well. But, you know, they, they don't seem to have a 15, you know, a strong 15 at the minute. And I suppose we, we knew last year they were heavily reliant on Donald Burkin. Um, you know, I think for them at all costs they need to get him on the field along with Owen O'Donnell. Yeah, but I think it's looking like a long road back for Donald Burke from what I'm hearing up in Dublin. Uh, Rory, I suppose from a Dublin perspective, you know, you take Tieran Smith's own goal, six points for freeze, 14 uh, points in the 75, 76 minutes. I mean, that's not really going to get it done in championship and I suppose Antrim as well, Cahill going up 110 as well, so... Scoring for both of these signs really looked very vulnerable um, going forward if this is going to be the trend. Yeah, and they couldn't get a handle on cutting at all the Dublin backs. And you're just, you know, you're worried from, from a point of view where the Dublin are coming up against teams in Leinster that have three or four or five threats in the forward line. Like they knew who was the player to mark and still he, he got away with 1-3 from play and just caused havoc. What I loved about Cunning is uh, he, he he's one of these players that has a go at the cornerback, tries to get inside him instinctively. And you can see that with the goal, like, and and I know it was only we saw a very small snapshot of highlights on RTE, but some of the scoring looked fantastic. Like there was unbelievable scores in the game. Again, as Karen said, it must be heartbreaking for Antrim because that's twice now they should have Dublin beaten league and championship up there. And the thing for them to do is just back it up now, like don't fall away in the league, and keep the performances coming because it's something that's maybe happened before where Antrim produce a big performance one week and then fall away the next week and. You know, they, they need to maybe keep this going. But the question is, where are Dublin? Like, uh, for me, I think they've regressed badly in the last couple of years. Uh, we saw the quarterfinal last year against Clare and Gaelic Grounds. It was an absolute no-show. And you're just worried have, after all the kind of good work. And even as well, let's not be shy to say the GA pumped a lot of money into hurling coaching in Dublin and got hurling going in, in, in schools in South Dublin, you know, where it hadn't been popular before. And... Everyone thought for a while that Dublin were, were there to stay as a, a force, but there, it, there's really worrying signs now. And um, like you, you wouldn't be surprised here if like Dublin struggle again. Like they've Galway to play, Limerick to play, you know, uh, Wexford. Like they could, you know, they could end up here without any win. Limerick play Dublin and Co Park in weekend after next, so that'll be an interesting asset test here for Dublin. 
let alone to buy pitch and grow park now, but they're going to have to mix it with Limerick in terms of scoring stakes. So all to be revealed. Two A guys quite quickly. Um, down Kerry Saturday, down with a two twenty three to one nineteen win over Kerry. I mean, Conway's absent, but I know there was a stat thrown at League Sunday. Fourteen Kerry players have gone off the panel this year, and one of them, Tommy Gould, and had an absolute spectacular game for London against Wicklow three eleven. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, here Rory, just in terms of Kerry, they've been knocking on the door here in terms of Joe McDonough. But I mean, the league form here, I know 14 players on any panel is going to be of grave concern. And it's kind of looking like that way that this could be a kind of preserve your league status in 2A for Kerry. Yeah, for, for a team that you would have thought, like, especially after last year's Joe McDonough campaign again, where they were very competitive that they'd be pushing up, especially with the new format next year. They'd been eager to get into that 1B category where you are facing some of the top teams. But it looks already that that's over after two games. And uh, it is a question now of them staying in the level they're in, which will be the third tier now next year. Um, because if they were to slip down, um, let's say, to the fourth group of seven, like they're going to be you know, playing against teams that are mostly... Christy Ring below them and you know they want to be playing at least Joe McDonough standard and, and a couple of, of Lee McCarthy teams. Uh, Leash uh, got off to a good start in that group as well and they have two wins on the board as of Carlo so you know it's already looking that those two are kind of shooting ahead Um, so like it's up to maybe Kerry now uh, down had, had that w- big win over Kerry that uh, one of them is going to have to take out Carlo or Leash for them to maybe get into that top tier. Or what we what we've got what was once the top tier one B. Absolutely, I think as well with Kerry Mark, like they they're actually leading at halftime, uh, one fifteen to eleven. They were playing with a strong win, but only scoring four points in the second half. And I think it's the note as well as uh, playing without Shane Conway, who was their I suppose their talisman. Um, but like down scored two five without replaying the sec- or without replying the second half, and you know that was game over. Um, I think for for Carlo, Carlo looked really really impressive this year. Um. You know, Chris Nolan and Cavan again influential and you know the two nine before half time to put him into a ten point lead and that game next weekend, uh Carlo Leach is gonna be some humdinger of a game, see who tops that group. And so it looks at the minute. Um, you know, Leash was starting didn't start the best, you know, they're they were leading 14, 13 at half time, but you know, a, a really strong second half to to see off Kildare, which it's hard to know where they are. You know, we we, we talked about him a lot last season and especially in the league and, you know, on the downfall after that. But, um, you know, the two teams, Carlo and Leash, seem to be way ahead. Yeah, no, I'd agree with you there, um, Kieran, because I know the Kildare Leash game, there was a strong gale uh, blowing in Hawkfield. So, I mean, from a Kildare perspective, one point lead at halftime was never going to cut it against Leash. And in fairness to Leash, they did kind of ram it home with a few goals. Um, it's true for you. I think it looks like Carlo on Leash here, and it's Leash Carlo next weekend, local derby game. Uh, both jerseys, uh, you know, it'll be a good crowd there in Port Leash anyway. But I suppose you're looking at Mead, uh, Kerry, Kildare here vying for relegation. That one might be the dark horse here. I was actually quite impressed with their third quarter because it was on BBC uh, Northern Ireland player anyway. And to be perfectly fair, the likes of Dolly Sands, Danny Toner. They've a nice middle third here. You know, they did score fairly heavy in that third quarter to really put the game to bed. And uh, maybe that's a positive sign for 2A as well, that you have a competitive down here that could potentially challenge uh, Antrim long term here. 
I suppose, guys, can we move on to Fitzgibbon Cup semi-finals played last night in Dewar Bearfield? Um, I suppose it was a titanic struggle between University of Limerick and University of Galway. Kitty and Sampson to hero here, Rory, uh, 118 to 20 points for 14 Manuel. Uh, your thoughts? Looking back over the game, UL had 15 wides, and at times, again, I thought Galway hung in there really well at times when, um, you know, UL looked like they might kick on. Uh, but it, it took uh, maybe Mark Rogers, who had a really quiet first half, uh, came into it very strongly in the third quarter, and uh, that probably at the at the end made the difference and fair play to Galway brought it right back for 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 everything you thought it was going to go to extra time and uh, I'm sure Mary I would have been looking on gleefully had it gone to extra time um but uh, in the end that epic score from Samson and uh, I presume the thing about UL now it's three times in a row they've beaten Galway twice in finals and now in the semi final and uh, you know NUIG must be sick of the back from because two of those games could easily have swung NUIG's way. And um, I suppose at the start of the year, when people looked at panels and squads and were thinking of, you know, looking at names on paper, it looked like UL were going to be way ahead of everyone, but hasn't transpired that way on the pitch. Uh, very close game in the quarters against UCC. God, I put them to the pin at their collar. And if anything, Mary, I looked to be the team bouncing into the final with, with a bit of momentum. Yeah, absolutely. Karen, get you in there. I mean, probably sign of a quality team, though, you know, when Adam English went off with a second yellow card that they were able to kind of uh, get the job done. I know University of Galway had a late chance to put this into extra time, but I suppose a win's a win, you know, you move on to the final. Yeah, like they're unbeaten post-COVID, you well. So, you know, I suppose that winning mentality is there. And I suppose it is a sign of a a very good team that, you know, that regardless of performance, to still get the results. Um, you know, I think Rogers definitely, second half was a real captain's performance, you know, scoring 1-3 and, you know, I suppose he was pivotal really. Um, you know, I suppose I suppose it shows the, the importance of a bench with Killian Sampson coming off getting the the, the last score. I suppose look, UL started if it's given really strong first two rounds with you know cricket scores and I suppose UCC did put it to him. Um, but will these two games you know stand to them come a final that they've been really battle hardened against two good very good teams? You know, Mary I look really impressive, but you know on paper you would say UL. Uh, you know, but they are still a good team regardless of the last two results and performances. So, you know, there's nothing to say they can turn that around in a couple of days. And you know, um, but it, it's going to be a rip-roaring final. I suppose looking at Mary I, you know, their their first final since 2019, 12 different scores, and I suppose they looked to control the whole game. You know, never at any period did it look like they were they weren't going to win. You know, I suppose for 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 one, I see Waterford. You know, Patrick Cristal went off injured, and 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 Padraig then with the two yellows went off. You know, I suppose they're the two main guys in the team. You know, in the quarter final, they scored one ten between them. You know, and yesterday they got a point between them. You know, so I suppose it it, it just showed how controlled Mary I were in that game. You know, I suppose Shamey, who we've talked with earlier tonight, won three. Shane O'Brien with three points. Um. I think Waterford probably relied on, you know, Halloran's freeze and uh, I said they were never in control and I suppose, look, it's going to be a very good final. Um, probably going to be, you, you'd have to say you will on paper, but, you know, Mary I had relished his challenge and I suppose they've they've been improving week by week and, and uh, you know, they're coming into it in very good form. So I think it's going to be a really, really good final and uh, it was a great weekend in, in Tralee if you were down around that way. Absolutely, Karen. I mean, I was very disappointed with SETU, uh, Watford's performance. I mean, never got to the pitch of the game here, Rory, and 
to be fair, the likes of Jason Galan and Gold, you know, he thunderous point there in the first quarter really did set the tone. But I mean, one six is not going to cut it, is it? If you're Waterford um, here uh, to get into a final. Yeah, and it's something Jason Galan has been doing throughout this championship is scoring these real long range monster scores. Yeah, it, Waterford, like they were disappointing. I think earlier in the year, we kind of maybe named the four what we thought the four semi finalists would be. And I just thought Waterford might put up a, a better better challenge than they did. Um, as, as I mentioned earlier, Mary I are, are really bouncing into this final now. But I suppose you could say the pressure is on them. UL have their Fitzgibbon Cups. Most of the players have their medals. This is a one one chance for a lot of the Mary I guys in that there's a good few final year players in there. Jeremy Ryan was, I thought, was immense as well. Um, he's a lad like he's three or four years under his belt in Mary I now, and he, he'd be mad to win the Fitzgibbon. Uh, and as Kieran said, Shane O'Brien inside looked uh, really, really, uh, you know, on, on the ball. Like he's good in the air. He's striking left and right. Uh, you know, for a big man as well, he's kind of a, an elusive guy to, to get a block on or a hook on. And then um, kind of an opposite side. We talked about earlier how Rogers and Meehan are kind of opposites. Well, so are kind of Shane O'Brien and Meehan. And I think they work well as a pair and inside. Um, but from a goalie point of view as well, just come back, I thought Greg Thomas, Castlegar was really good and gave TJ Brennan plenty of trouble inside and I'm sure Henry Shefflin was watching the game closely and mad to, to kind of see anyone put up their hand and I thought he looked a real threat inside but uh, getting back to the final um, I just I don't know I just have a sneaky feeling Mary I here might turn you well over uh, it's it's only that like the, the UL Galway game was more of a slog I think it took more out of UL than what Mary I did against uh, Waterford um, I know uh, Dahi Lohan picked up a, a knock, had to come off, and they were saying, uh, just reading Jamie Wall there this morning, was saying that it was a hamstring strain, but like he was thinking he might be all right in three days, but I don't know, it'd be a miracle uh, recovery for a strain to be fully right in three days. I think the game is fixed for Abby Dorney. I know Schleer hosting, so up in North Kerry in a hurling stronghold, so I'm sure it'll intrigue the locals to have uh, you know, the wealth of talent that's going to be there. And the fact it's two colleges that are 10 minutes spin from each other, like, and there'll be no love lost between either of them. And, uh, yeah, so it, it's it's an intriguing game. Uh, looking for, Really looking forward to it. Fair play to TG Cahar again, who have, you know, put these games, streamed them on YouTube or whatever it is, just giving us, you know, on, on a dark February Wednesday evening, um, you know, a feast of hurling to watch. So, again, at the weekend, fair play to TG Cahar. Yeah, and I'm just going to tip my hat to Mary Eye and what should be a cracker. Yeah, Karen, get you in there. Who are you predicting that's going to win the 2024 Fitzgibbon Cup? I, I think you just give full respect to UL. You know, they're going for three in a row. They're, they haven't won in the last few years for nothing. They're you know, really strong on paper. They, they've had two very good, you know, I suppose, tests the last two rounds. You know, I suppose I'm just out of pure respect to them. I'm going to tip UL, but I expect Mary I to really, you know, put in a huge performance. And um, so we, we kind of called this maybe a couple of rounds out that, you know, Mary I were ticking along nicely and, and would have been a surprise package in a way, but you wouldn't have been too surprised if they got there either. And I suppose I'm not to, to have they have impressed all along. They probably wouldn't have been on many people's lips to start of the year to reach a final, but you know, they're there on merit and uh and they'll get, it'll, it's, it's, I suppose they'll really have put a, a good performance in and I suppose as Rory said, like their colleges ten minutes apart, you know, it's gonna be a rip roar one and I, I just I'm just going to stick with you well just based on um you know three in a row and I suppose going to make history and um there'll be a, I suppose a huge push on to to do that. 
Yeah, it's going to be a magnificent location. Let's hope the weather cooperates as well. You know, it'd be lovely if it's a dry day down there in Abbey Dorney, Great Hurland Stronghold, North Kerry. I suppose, guys, before we leave uh, senior schools, we're into the All-Ireland quarterfinal weekend. Uh, Saturday, we have Harty Cup winners, Nina CBS, uh, facing Kilkenny CBS in Rathdowney. And then on Sunday, in Dora-Bearfield, we have Art School Reach against Presentation at Roy. I suppose, Rory, from your standpoint, what's uh, where are the key battles here? Yeah, you just worry a small bit from a Nina point of view that they're going into a game a bit like Tulla a couple of years ago, got in as champions and a free hit for Kilkenny CBS here. Uh, I think it was the other way around a couple of years ago, it was um, St. Kieran's who beat Tulla in, in the quarterfinal in, um, in Nina. So this time Nina, you know, fresh off their victory, it's just, it's just a hard one to get yourself up again because the Hearty Cup is built up so much that when players win, it's hard for them to refocus and maybe... Maybe they could be a bit vulnerable going into this game against Kilkenny CBS. And the other game, um, again, Arts could reach are in a situation where they've, you know, come off a crushing defeat up against a fancy that and right team as well, you know, where um, Nyland has been kind of shooting the lights out. Although the last day, they, out of the 19 points they scored, uh, he had 13 and there was a bit more of a spread of scores there. I know he missed a penalty in that as well. But... Um, you just I, maybe I'm gonna go with Arsenal Reach. Uh, that's probably the game you know that will attract most attention. I think because you're looking at a host of Galway miners there over this year and, and last year uh, coming in that Athen Rye team, and as we know, uh, kind of backbones by that Claren Bridge group who've been so strong underage. And then you have the Arsenal Reach with uh, kind of backbone by a lot of the Clare miners that won the All Ireland last year. The only thing I'd say like is uh, Nyland. Um, has been like last year in the Ireland minor final, he was held, and uh, you know, you could see the Galway forwards were a bit, you know, miffed as to who was going to step up in that case. And you just wonder, I know I, I was saying there was a bit more scores, he still scored 13 points, missed the penalty. So you're wondering if Arts could reach, do hold him and uh, kind of nullify his threat. Um, I think they're halfway there to it. So I'm going to go Arts goal and maybe a Kilkenny CBS shock in the other one. Yeah, Kieran, get you in here as well. I feel this is a banana skin fixture for Nina CBS, as Rory's really pointed out brilliantly here. The highs of the Hearty Cup final win, the dramatic win. Uh, Kenny CBS team last week that never were in the races. This is a proud hurling school, and I expect a massive performance off Kilkenny CBS. So for Nina, this is really kind of, you know, kind of real kind of mind, mind yourself territory here. Yeah, I'm sure like Kenny CBS have a point to prove as well. You know, they really were a, a no-show in that final. Um, you know, Kieran's really dominated all over. And I'm sure that, you know, themselves, well, if anyone else, they, they want to put in a performance and, and, you know, I suppose prove a point. You know, sometimes, like, I suppose, like Tulla a couple of years ago, you know, Nina got to their, their hearty cup. And, you know, are they happy with that? You know, I suppose... Maybe the same pressure isn't on, you know, that probably will be on CBS. And I suppose at that point, you, you might give uh, the Kilkenny team the nod. I think the other game, Arsgull and Aston Roy, you know, I suppose Arsgull will be hurting too, you know, and I suppose in a different manner to Kilkenny CBS. You know, they would have felt that that game was theirs. They let it slip away. Um, you know, two really good teams. And I suppose they're two teams that you could see pushing on to the latter stages and I suppose be potential winners. They're that good. You know, Arsenal will be really, and I, I would expect that they would have enough to to get over at and I think that's going to be a really good game. Um, yeah. So, but for me, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna give Kilkenny CBS. They probably they'll be looking for a real bounce back after that fight against the Kieran's and 
I think the same for Arsenal. You know, they have a, both two teams have a point to prove to themselves above anyone else. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, particularly the Arsenal game, if, as you say, Aaron Island is is negated in any sort of fashion, I think uh, Arsenal Reach do definitely have a point to prove. Same with presentation. I mean, the Connacht final there, I think, was one that got away from presentation. Definitely the goal chances that were spurned, particularly in that opening period, three of them. So, I mean, St. Raphael's were deserving winners, particularly in the second half. But I think Art School Reese here, they do have a point to prove. Dura Bearfield as well. Not a clear contention, be f- fully familiar with that pitch. So, I think from that perspective, I think Art School Reese, I think the Nina Kilkenny one might be the highlight quarter final here. I expect plenty of fireworks in Rathdowney on Saturday afternoon. I'm just going to hedge it to Nina, and I, I think it's not going to be much, but I think Darren McCarthy here. It's going to be another huge performance off him here. I think he's really showed so well in Harty Cup. And you just don't know what to kill Kenny CBS here. What's the, the psyche after that Leinster Schools final? I mean, it was, a, it was a terrible loss, really, to St. Kieran. So, but look, they're going to bring their foot, front foot. They're, they have to, really. But uh, I suppose Nina, ha- it's wary. They've seen the Tulla CBS case study two years ago. So it'll be interesting because... Our school reach presentation winners face St. Kieran's in a semi-final and St. Raphael's await the winners of Nina CBS and Kilkenny CBS. So, I mean, look, we're kind of getting to the business end of um, of the, the competition. So, wish all the teams best of luck. I suppose, guys, we'll leave it there. It's been a lengthy one tonight. I suppose next week we'll review the school's quarterfinals uh, on Saturday and Sunday of this week. We'll also look at round three of the National Hurling League, 1A, 1B and 2A. And we'll also look at the Fitzgibbon Cup as well. Uh, obviously, Fitzgibbon Cup is going to Limerick, but will it be retained by University of Limerick? Or will Mary Macleod College secure their first uh, crown in five years? Guys, enjoy the games over the weekend. We'll chat next week. Thanks, Mark. Mark, take care. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Sidekick on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles and reports.